the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour with your hosts, Joe Bond. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as usual, and newly moved, as we can tell, the, the new background and room and empty room, AJ Abergarth. What is up, man? What is not up? Um, <laughs> I, possibly me. I don't know. I've been awake for quite a lot of hours over the past not as many hours. So figure that out. Do the math. and um, you're, you're tired. You're a little Red Bull vodka there, maybe? <laughs> no. no, I'm not a vodka fan. I love Red Bull, but not vodka. Red Bull something. So, I don't know. You'll figure it out. Um, yeah. Red Bull and Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sounds like a bad combination. All right. Great, actually. Um, <laughs> so welcome back, everybody. We are here to kick off our fantasy baseball draft season. Uh, tonight, we're going to be doing our AL East preview. And... Um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it. But b- right before we get into that, I want to remind everybody to dis- to to subscribe to us on YouTube, Periscope, and you know wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Um, it's going to be uh, you know, you're going to want to check us out for all of these shows. It's going to get you ready for the season. Um, I do want to bring on our special guest first. Great guy here, Alex Fast. Associate producer at Major League Baseball, VP of Pitcher List. You guys probably know him by now over on Twitter. Uh, what's going on, Alex? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's not often I get to do a podcast where three people are wearing Orioles merchandise, so uh, I, I am happy to. And all all different kinds. Of, we're 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 spanning the ages with the yeah. Orioles merch that we're wearing. <laughs> so I dig that. Yeah, like I said, uh, you, you'll. You guys, listeners will notice, like, I'm going to bring on a lot of the the people who wrote, are writing the division previews for Fantasy Six Pack. But unfortunately, the person who wrote the one for uh, the AL East couldn't make it. So I had to find a fill in. And I immediately went to Alex because I knew he's an O's fan. And mm. obviously, he knows his stuff anyway. So it's perfect. I was like, I got to get him. So I went out right to him and asked him first. And thankfully, he came on. So I'm glad to have you here, man. This it, is going to be a blast. But uh, before we jump into things, we like to have our fun here. Let's do our beer of the week. Mm, beer. All right, Alex. Uh, you are the guest of honor, so you can share your beer first. Oh, very nice sound. My beer <laughs> is a uh, dark Belgian brown ale by Leffy. I think it's pronounced oh, Leffy. Nice. Um, and it is delicious. Six and a half uh, alcohol percentage there. Um, and it's just super smooth, but it's still really rich in flavor. It says caramel and roasted notes from dark malts. I'm not like a usually it's like, oh, what's that? Cool. Yeah, I'll drink it. Uh, so, <laughs> I, so I'm not like super, super snooty about beers. But um, I picked this up this past weekend because my buddy said he wanted an ale. And, and here we are. Now I'm enjoying it with you guys. Good. Stuff. All right. Good stuff. I appreciate that, man. Uh, AJ, what you got? Um, I myself am drinking a Trogues Independent Brewing Hop Cyclone, double uh, hazy double IPA. Uh, this one is a nine percent. Okay, great. Anyway, <laughs> good way to start the season, apparently. Um, 
just kind of reached in the fridge and grabbed something. So, uh, yeah, here we go. All right. So AL East preview uh, had to go with something local here in Baltimore. You know, Orioles were all wearing O's gear. Oliver Brewing Company, double your galaxy, double your fun, double IPA, 8% IPA. Uh, I gave it a four. It, it's good. It's it's right over that cusp of like, you know, if I give you below a four for an IPA, it's you're kind of average. So four is like just above average. It's pretty good. You know, galaxy hops are pretty smooth, um, not super bitter. Um, I, I do appreciate this one, though. It's, it goes down easy. So I have a second one on deck, which I will share later. Also ALE's themed. Very nice. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. All right, Alex. So ALE's preview. Um, obviously, we should jump right into the teams. But, you know, first show of the season, I think we've all got to wonder. The 60-game season, you know, how much stock do you put into that season when it goes to your projections, your rankings, you know, evaluating players, you know, the games happened, but like you could, it seems like it was pretty obvious. There were some players that were more into it than others. And uh, I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can definitely speak to, you know, I just put out my top 100 this week and it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, and I think what's kind of been difficult about the season is you really need to individually assess more so than ever each person. Uh, and usually, of course, we do that, right? But we're looking at larger indicators, right? If we're doing a, a breakdown of a hitter, we're going to look at, you know, their ex-WOBA, we're going to look at their WOBAcon, you know, we're going to look at these quick metrics that are going to give us a good idea of how they're performing. And the same thing with pitchers, we're going to look at their ERA, we're going to look at their fit. Uh, we can't necessarily put as much weight into those, right? Lance McCullers is a really good example. You remove one inning from Lance McCullers' year, and his ERA drastically drops by like two runs. He gave up eight earned runs, I think, to the Twins or Diamondbacks or something. It might be the Diamondbacks. Um, so it's really important to look at what changes happened, how did those change changes happen, and whether or not they can recover from those changes. So, for example, for a pitcher, Patrick Corbin, he sucked. The velocity is a big reason why, as well as the sinker. Is he going to get that velocity back? I personally think so. Right now, there are other cases where guys have regressed for different reasons or gotten better for different reasons. But at the end of the day, I think it's about individually breaking down what led to that change. And then and there's going to be a lot of subjectivity here assessing whether or not you think that was because of a covid that was because of a shortened season uh, or that could be a realistic change. So the last thing I'll say about it is as a result of all those subjective things, we're going to see a wider difference in rankings this year than we have mm -hmm. ever seen before. And I think that's actually pretty cool. I don't think because me, I don't approach rankings as like, oh, that guy got it 100 percent right. He must be super smart. You're really starting to understand ideologies of analysts, right? What they yeah. wait and what they don't wait. Uh, and I think that's actually pretty cool to see. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I. Somebody asked me on a show a couple of nights ago and and I was kind of like, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's like, you know, I think each and I said the kind of the same thing. I'm like each individual player is going to be different. But like if you want me to give like a pretty generic answer, it's kind of like I think I'm weighing that season kind of like 75 percent. Mm. If you had to throw it at me, if you wanted me to give a number, which is what they kind of wanted me to do. Mm. So I was like, you know, I'm maybe going to go 75 percent into it because for some players, it is probably who they were. For some players, it wasn't. And for some players, they probably were like, 
just riding a hot streak. It's like riding a hot streak in the first half of the, you know, before the all-star break. And then, at the, you know, but the second half never happened. Yeah. So like, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. So I don't know, AJ, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, with, with all the points made really, um, I, I just think there was a lot of guys that, that weren't ready for playing less. I mean, you think about it, this is their livelihood. This is what these guys do really year round. Um, you know, they, there is an off season, but it's not a typical off season to me compared to the other three major sports. Um, you know, granted baseball is probably, you know, on the lower spectrum as far as physical, you know, beat up your body as much as like a football or hockey, but you know, those guys don't play every day. Um, you know, hockey has some back-to-backs. Basketball has a couple back-to-backs, but usually it's like an every other, every two-day sort of a thing that you're playing. Um, you know, and and nine innings a day. It's a lot. It's a lot on your body, wear-wise, differently. So, I just think for the guys that that kind of took it off. Uh, you know, took the season off to me, they, they basically just weren't in it at all. Um, you know, they, they, they just didn't have the mentality of we got to go out and we got to play hard every day because this is what we do. Um, you know, and plus there's other people that have family issues and stuff to worry about with COVID that that was weighing on them. So I just think it's, it's something that we've never seen in our lifetime. And I don't, I hope like hell we don't ever have to see it again. I really hope this season is, you know, kind of the get back to normalcy that, that everybody's hoping for, you know, especially with opening day. I mean, that's, it is a national holiday. I don't care what the hell the government says it should be. And it is for, for me and you guys and baseball fans that, that live for that moment to, get up and finally see a real game that counts. Mm. And we didn't get that until the all-star game that doesn't count. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's it was just kind yeah. of a weird, an ironic sure. twist. Yeah, I get you, man. It, it was a weird season. Uh, you know, teams have fell out of it fast. Obviously, you know, you wonder how much those players really grinded the rest of the way. So, all right, man, well, let's jump into the ALEs preview. We're going to, so what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to go down uh, for each team here, players that are new, kind of relevant players. There's a lot of new team, new players, but they're not as relevant. So we went through some relevant players, um, then projected lineups, uh, and then we'll we'll go through some questions here. So first off, our Baltimore Orioles, uh, new to the team, I guess Freddie Galvis. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> and then. Um, I mean, I will say I like the trade that they made for Alex Cobb, you know, as three Orioles fans here. I think everybody has to be in favor of that trade to get. And I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jemai Jones Mm -hmm. is how I'm pronouncing it. I'm hoping that's right. Uh, But that seemed like a great pickup for Alex Cobb, who, I mean, you know, we're not winning games this year. So, like, it doesn't matter if we have a decent pitcher who isn't really all that great anyway. Um, but 
anyway, projected lineup. I mean, this 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 team does have some offense uh, that you can you know rely on the back half of your drafts here. So Austin Hayes, leadoff center field. DJ Stewart, second left field. Anthony Santander, right field, going third. Trey Mancini back. DH, batting fourth. Chance Cisco right now is is the starting catcher, going fifth. Ryan Mountcastle, first base, sixth. Freddie Galvis, who I just said, uh, shortstop at seventh. Rio Ruiz at uh, third base and going eighth. And then uh, Yomar Sanchez uh, right there, second base, going ninth. And uh, these projections, by the way, are using uh, roster resource. Uh, so it's just uh, something I've been using for years. Um, so <clears throat> just to give you the heads up there. So first question for you, Alex. John Means. Mm. Had had a, had a fairly good 2019. I mean, All Star, you know, was solid. Everybody was kind of thinking, okay, reliable guy, not going to be, you know, a stud for fantasy, but reliable guy. Was kind of drafted that way, and I mean, absolutely was terrible for the majority of the year. Mm-hmm. And then the last four <laughs> starts, 1.52 ERA, 30 strikeouts. Only three walks in 23, 23 and two-thirds inning. He's super cheap in drafts. He's like near 280p overall. Is he somebody you're targeting this season, you know, as a mid to late rotation arm for your fantasy team, knowing that that's a potential for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll definitely have a few shares of John Means probably at the end of draft season, especially if he retains the value that he's at right now. The good thing about John Means is no matter how many articles are written about him by you know Mike Petriello or over at Pitcherlist or over at your website, he's still going to be a Baltimore Oriole, and as a result, a majority of the community <laughs> yeah. is not going to take him seriously. And that's totally fine, and that's cool with me. You wanted to, you know, AJ was talking about guys that were dealing with stuff happening in the past year, and not only did he start the year, you know. Fulfilling his dream of being an opening day starter for a team and then getting injured and then missing out on that opportunity and then COVID hits. Then, of course, the awful and untimely passing of his father, which completely derails his season, What's you know, altogether. He was never able to put together really much of anything right now. The big deal that people are talking about with him is the increased velocity, and that's really exciting. But I don't think that they realize that the increased velocity did not come with great results. It wasn't until he dropped the four-seam velocity back to uh, maybe a little bit above what we saw in 2019 that he had those last four starts where he was actually really dominant. So I think it's important to kind of keep those things separate. The one thing that I'm kind of watching for him is like, we already know the changeup can be a really good pitch. In terms of batted ball back in 2019, it was the reason he became an all-star. What is the mix going to be? How much is he going to get that curveball in there, which is really going to be his strikeout pitch? What's the velocity going to look like on the four-seamer? Can he command it if it is what it looked like at the beginning of 2020? But at this point in drafts, those are all positive questions that I think you could be asking. Anyone who's like, yeah, but is he going to get wins? Like, maybe you can use that as a tiebreaker, but like, from pick 240, 230 on, like that's a that's a tough thing to really predict. It's like saves, really, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Go for upside, and I think John means is a lot of upside. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I I do like means. I I like the upside that's there, and I mean, I'll definitely take some flyers on him. You know, why not? You're you're gonna be going after a guy that has great upside. And you're not going to spend anything on them. So those are the best people to get in in any draft, in any position, any team. 
uh, you know, I'm not as worried about the, oh, well, he pitches in the home run park of Baltimore, blah, blah, blah. Not a big deal. So, all right. Yeah, um, and to that point, too, sorry, real quick, to that point, yeah. no, no, no pitcher had a larger disparity between their home runs and expected home runs, and a majority of those still would not have been home runs in Camden Yards. So anyone who's really concerned about him pitching in a home run park like that, I, I don't think it's something that you need to be worried about uh, in terms of John Means. Yeah. So moving on, uh, Trey Mancini. I mean, if he's not this year's Alex Smith comeback player of the year, I don't know who will be, <laughs> um, I, you know, unless there was someone else that, that beat cancer and is going to play this year and, and hopefully start at the beginning of the year. I mean, what overall, though, are you expecting from Mancini in 21? Yeah, that's a great question. I think you're once again, you know, guaranteed 20 home runs at least a lot of the projection systems have uh, a little bit under 25 but i still think that's a, a little bit um cautious i mean obviously you know we don't necessarily know exactly what to expect but this is a guy who and you know between 2018 and 2019 really boosted how he was approaching not just fastballs but off speed and breaking as well had you know increased woba increased uh, actually the x woba maintained on breaking pitches and increasing on off speed pitches but there there's so much there i think the one thing that we're not necessarily talking about enough too is like this isn't a guy who's going to be playing the field a lot you know what i mean they're probably just going to let him dh for a majority of the season, maybe, you know, spell DJ Stewart, spell, you know, Anthony Sandera a little bit, Santander a little bit when they need a little bit of a rest or something. But we're not going to see Mancini and write a lot, which makes sense considering he's put up some extremely poor defensive numbers. That means he could focus a little bit just on hitting uh, and, you know, rest up, get back to his normal state. But I think overall, I, I'm totally fine. I, I, I hope. Man, I hope he has like 40 home runs and hits like 310. Oh, that'd be so good. That'd be, that'd, that'd be a good. That'd be a good story. That for for oh. damn sure, that'd be an awesome story, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. If he does that, it'll be on a different team. But yeah. So the last question here we've got for the Orioles, and probably a pretty quick one here is, I mean, who's the closer here for the Orioles? Hunter Henry. I mean, that's kind of what kind of was was going down at the end of the season. But like, and do we care? I love that you guys are still in. Uh, you called him Hunter Henry. You're still in uh, in fantasy football. Oh, Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. Right. Sorry, I, I, I was totally looking at that because usually that is, that is totally my I'll fault. see no, these no, mistakes no, no. as it's, we're going it's, through. It's all like, fantasy football. The Tyler Harvey. You're right. Sorry. Um, totally no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just joshing. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, if we saw Tanner Scott take more saves than Hunter Harvey. Um, I'm, I would like to see what we get at a full season of Hunter Harvey. I remain cautiously optimistic. I worry about the command. I worry about the four seamer being anything but just velocity, which can still be great. Uh, but I think Tanner Scott's got a really interesting four seam slider mix uh, that I think puts him in the conversation for a good amount of saves. Um, and uh, he becomes a very, very interesting pick that you can get for like They'll just, they'll just give it to you for free. It's a reserve round at an auction, and it's pick 7,000 uh, in any other draft. So an AL only is, I think, he's an interesting flyer as well. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Tanner Scott got the bulk of saves. Interesting. Yeah. That's not something I've heard a lot of, but that's uh, something to keep in mind. I'm probably not going after an Orioles closer. <laughs> they, <laughs> in uh, drafts. I'm just going to let people figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'll, go, I'll go a little earlier than that. Sure. Um, so Boston Red Sox here. Let's jump over to this. And uh, new to the team, we got Garrett Richards, which is sort of interesting. Hunter Renfro, which is sort of interesting. And Adam Adovino. So uh, some some interesting names there. Um, 
Fangraphs depth chart here for starting lineup. Quickly here, we got Alex Verdugo leading off, Xander Bogars, Rafael Devers, Devers, J.D. Martinez, Kristen Vasquez, Andrew Benatendi, Hunter Refro, uh, Bobby Dalbeck, and Enrique Hernandez. Uh, so, I mean, still a pretty good lineup, uh, you know, even though they lost bets. And, uh, but it's still a pretty solid lineup there. And right off the bat here, um, AJ, with the first question, got a good one. Yeah, man. Uh, who's the real Raphael Devers? Uh, 2020 or 2019? Which, which one do you think we're going to see for this hopeful full season, Alex? Yeah, that's a great question. I I wouldn't be surprised if we if we saw a little bit more of the uh, the 2019 than we did with the 2020. I mean, a lot of the underlying metrics for him are are still there. I mean, average exit velocity isn't always the best thing to you know to uh, to take in a vacuum, but it was literally identical to what he did in 2019. The launch angle also not a great thing to take in a vacuum, but once again, pretty identical to what he did. He also barreled up more balls in 2020, which I thought was interesting. Uh, I think you can kind of say this across the board for that team last year. They just were not it offensively like everyone. I mean, across the board, um, except for like Alex Verdugo, uh, like JD Martinez was really not himself. I just wonder if they're one of those teams that they weren't in it. They didn't have Chris Sale. Uh, they didn't have Erod. Um, they didn't really have much. They were relying on Tanner Houck. Uh, so it's like, I, I just think that we're going to see a little bit more of a bounce back this year from them. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. And speaking of Chris Sale, you know, he obviously had the Tommy John last year. You know, it was pretty early. I got a lot of rest. You know, I've heard maybe he misses the month, maybe more. I don't know what you expect there. Maybe you can speak to that. But, you know, what's his value in 2020, 2021, sorry, uh, for Chris Sale? Yeah, it's a great question. For me personally, when I was ranking him, I put him in the same tier with the other. I'm calling him like the TJS twins or the TJS triplets. Excuse me. There's Thor, there's Severino, and there's Chris Sale. Uh, I would anticipate Noah Syndergaard to come back first because this is his contract year and he's also a maniac and the Mets will do whatever he says. (laughs) Um, And then between Seve and Sale, uh, Severino, obviously, plenty of time remaining on that contract. Uh, Same with Sale. He's still got a few years left in Boston on what was a pretty big contract for him, too. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to take it pretty easy with him uh, to start the year. I wouldn't anticipate meaningful innings from him until maybe June or July. Um, That's kind of what I'm planning for. But in looking at that tier in the top 100, I think you take those guys around uh, I'll leave the subjective to the listeners of what they want to decide, but any pitcher you're thinking, okay, can I replace this on the waiver wire? Then you take Chris sale or Severino or Noah Syndergaard. You know what I mean? Can I, you can replace low four ERA with a 22 K rate on the waiver wire. There's always going to be a pitcher who comes out in the first two months that we had absolutely no idea about. Who's going to be fantastic. And you're going to have a shot at him while you do that. You're going to be able to have Chris sale waiting for you to come back in July and be effective. That's how I'm approaching it. Is it. So is that assuming you've got like IR spots or IL? Yes. 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 If you don't, then I don't think you go anywhere near these guys. Yeah. 100 percent yeah okay fair enough i i i I totally agree with that so all right aj all right so uh let's go back to the leadoff hitter here and you already mentioned him again alex verdugo um i mean 
is he ready to make Boston forget about bets? I mean, even a little bit. Um, I don't think I think there will be people whose dying wish, dying words in Boston are we should have paid Mookie bets. I don't think there is anything that could happen that Alex Verdugo could do that they would think I, I, I if Alex Verdugo was the World Series MVP for them for six consecutive years, I think they would say, <laughs> well, it would have been eight if we still had Mookie bets. Um, I, I'm being a glib a, a little bit, of course. I, I do think, you know, good, they. <laughs> He's not a terrible defender, which I think is something that we obviously don't focus on a lot because he's, you know, this is fantasy baseball that we're talking about. I think that's really good. I don't know, you know, this is a guy who had a 239 expected batting average last year, but a 308 average. Uh, he also had a 291 expected Woba with a 356 Woba. That screams regression to me all over the place. So uh, that media is very fickle up in Boston. And I think they're going to have a field day. If Alex Verdugo starts to express that expected betting average, a bunch. I don't know. The I, best part about being a Baltimore, our players can suck and no one cares. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cause wait, we just suck. expect them to they're suck. suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <clears throat> and when they're good, it's like, Oh, Hey, look at, look, look at, look at the Orioles go. Yeah. Good for them. Hey, I know you have to have at least one player from each team on the All-Star game, but good for John Means. Really good for him. <laughs> hey, he had a pretty good year, though. I will admit. It was he probably wasn't totally deserving, but it was not like he was out of his, you know, no, yeah, out, just, you know, out of his range there. So, I all right, really let's think, jump uh, over to I really think that with the Orioles in mind, they need to just instead of whatever music they play as the team enters the field saying, welcoming your Baltimore Orioles, they just need to not even say anything and just play the Benny Hill theme song and just have them <laughs> run out and fall over each other. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, the pir- Yeah, they can have a competition when the Pirates, Pirates play that, the yeah. Orioles. That'll be, they'll do that. We lost you, Joe. Unmute. Maybe. I mean, it's not that often I leave you speechless, but uh, okay. <laughs> oh, you still can't hear him. And great. I do. I do. Of course, I will. I will take over. All right. Off to the dreaded New York Yankees. Um, new to the team, Corey Kluber. Mm. Interesting. Um We'll we'll come back to him. Uh, Jameson Tyon, speaking of the Pirates, even more of a reason to play Benny Hill for them as well. And Greg Allen, former Indian. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, so let's let's talk about Kluber for a quick second. <laughs> I mean, what are you expecting out of him this year? It, it, is he still... The health issue. Is he going to come back into form now that he's in pinstripes? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great question. We, we, we can't, you know, I, don't, I feel like there are a few, there are a few <clears throat> pitchers who have a wider margin between floor and ceiling than, than uh, Corey Kluber this year because we literally just don't know what to expect. If we can read the tea leaves a little bit, um, the New York Yankees are not going to sign Corey Kluber if they feel that there's a lot of work that needs to be done on Corey Kluber, right? Um, yeah. 
I don't think we can really expect to see the velocity that he would put up in 2017 or 2018, but the velocity that he showed, uh, excuse me, uh, 2016 or 2017, the velocity he showed in 2018, which was down a tick from his career stuff, he still up put up, you know, a 2.89 ERA and a 3.12 FIP with a 0.99 WHIP. So, I personally am drafting him thinking that we're still going to be able to get anywhere from 130 to 150 serviceable innings of sub four ERA baseball. I don't think we're going to see the same K rates that we're used to seeing, but I don't think he's going to be necessarily someone that burns your team. I think it's going to have to be a draft by draft basis. See it, see where he falls. Cause you know, you know what happens? There's going to be one Yankee fan in your league. Who's going to be like, all right, fifth round, Corey Kluber. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you guys took Cole from me in the first. What the yeah. hell? Yeah, right. I <laughs> You know he's my catcher. Yeah, exactly. All Meanwhile, right, so. wait, how dare both of you have your Orioles card revoked because the biggest acquisition for the New York Yankees has been Darren O'Day. Now we uh, you know, I put the there, but I, I didn't I was like, how is he not on the side? I, you know what? I, put it ready. I, I didn't put it there because I was mad. <laughs> 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 not going to lie. That's, I literally saw him like, no. Yeah, can't do it. Can't <laughs> so deal with bad. it. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's go through the lineup here real quick. So lead off, DJ, DJ LeMahieu. Got Aaron Judge, Aaron Hicks, John, Giancarlo Stanton, Luke Voigt, Gleber Torres, Clint Frazier, Gio Urshela, Urshela, Gary Sanchez. And then uh, the pitching, we got Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jamison Talion, Jordan Montgomery and Diego or Domingo Herman and uh, probably coming in midseason Luis Severino, as you mentioned. So uh, it's a good team. Um, first question here is uh, Stanton and Judge. They're kind of lumped together. Injury brothers. Uh, look, their ADPs are much lower than they would have been normally, right? Stanton is at 109. Judge is 52. I mean, given their injury history, do you trust them at their ADP? No, I don't. Uh, I, I really don't. Um, Judge especially. Uh, and that's not to say that I don't think Judge is talented. I think with a full season under his belt, Judge can be absolutely fantastic. But I think at 52, you cannot afford to lose uh, the amount of production that uh, that that spot would provide you considering his injury history. So for me personally, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit out there at that cost. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Totally am. I I can't I can't go in that early on either one of them, and and mm-hmm. not that 109 is terrible, but uh, no, can't do it. Yeah, I'm with I'd you. rather it's round funny, out. Like the, I remember, it feels like what was the last year that Stanton stayed healthy and he just like crushed. Uh, it feels like three or four years ago. I remember you know because he had a bunch of injuries before then, and I was like, no, no way, I'm not going anywhere near him. And he obviously killed it. And but that it feels like the same thing with Judge. Like Satan fell to like 50th type of thing. And then he had the healthy season and like destroyed everything. So it's kind of like, ah, that's what's that's what's in the back of my mind. But no, I'm not doing it. I'm not falling trapped to it. Mm. Oh, I just if if they if they do play like even three quarters of the season through two thirds of the season, it's value at that point because they can just demolish it especially in a roto league but it's yeah. hard to trust it really is so i don't want to yeah with it so i mean no one here is expecting luke voigt to hit 63 homers which <laughs> technically would have been his pace last season um 
I, what what do you think we can honestly expect from Voight this year for the homer category? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I think some of the batted barrels numbers that he was putting up in last year showed that he's going to be a guy who's going to continue to hit home runs. So I, I think he's plus 30 pretty easy. Um, I I probably put him at like anywhere from 33 to like 36, maybe. Uh I actually wouldn't be surprised if because of health, he's the one who led the Yankees in home runs at the end of the year. Yeah. Obviously, if you get a full season of health from everyone, it's going to be Stanton. Um, maybe judge, but I think Stanton, but yeah, I mean, I, I think he's definitely got at least 30 home runs in that bad. If he can play 140 games. Yeah. His projections are anywhere between 31 and 35. So most yeah. have him at 34. So yeah, right on, right on there. I, and I, and I totally agree. I think this dude has been undervalued for a while and I'm surprised the Yankees, even in 2019, didn't give him more opportunities. Um, yeah. And last year it was sort of like injury that got him the chance. So it was just kind of like mm-hmm. dumb luck that they fell into like, Hey, voice really good. <laughs> yeah. Typical yeah. Yankees. Like the pressure's off, so I'm just gonna go out there and, and smack the Pretty crap much. out of the ball. Yeah, totally. Um, but I, I mean, just looking at this lineup again, now, real quick, it, it just really bothers me, especially as an Orioles fan. How, who the hell else in the league has the home run potential out of their nine spot mm. that the Yankees <laughs> have with Gary Sanchez? Gary I mean, Sanchez will play thirty games. Me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know, I know. Again, speaking also of health issues, <laughs> right? Um, but still, healthy year, yeah. it's absurd. It Oops. is. It's insane. It's unfair. And they play in that ballpark that just screams home runs. Yeah, it's yeah, oh, it's not fun in the ALE as a team that can't pay anybody. Speaking of that, DJ LeMayhew signed his new contract. Six years, $90 million. Seems like a value for the Yankees, which it honestly it was. Like They don't care about the extra years. They're just going to cut you and pay you. At that point, it felt like. Um, but what are we expecting from the only player, the first player to win the batting title in both leagues? Um, you know, from him. And, you know, specifically, I've heard a lot of talk on Twitter about how early he's going in drafts right now. Like people, some people are shocked and some people aren't. You know, what, what do you what's your thoughts on how early he's going and where would you take him? I, I haven't looked to see where he's been going recently, but to be honest, I probably won't care that much because I uh, we're talking about a guy that's got 20 home run potential hitting 300 potential and w- arguably the biggest boost of all these things is multi-position eligibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's that's really all I can ask for. I am such a sucker for guys like that. Um, obviously listen, he's not going to help you in the, in the steals, but that's totally fine. Like if all he's giving you is 20 home runs and hitting 300 and you can plug and play him literally every single day, then that's he, totally fine with me. He is going, uh, 26 right now, 26 20, overall. Yeah. So that's a, that's the, pretty that's the fancy pro. So 25, according to Yahoo, 24, 26, according to NFBC. And then uh, I think Fantrax is a little bit behind that. But that's probably a lot of dynasty. That's, that is that is indeed super high. Steep. But I mean, if we're if we're looking at the other dudes around him, I'm taking him over Kyle Tucker. Easy. 
I'm taking him probably over Nolan Arenado. I still think he's going to be very good in St. Louis, but you're going to get a better batting average and you're going to get slightly fewer home runs. I think it's easier to get home runs later in draft than it is to get a guy who's hitting 300 and not taking the team. He's literally um, going to pick ahead of him. <laughs> who, who is going? Arenado. That's, that's a good uh, one. Oh gotcha. Oh I, yeah. I, like I pulled up the uh, I pulled up the NFBC ADP. I'm I'm cheating. Kyle T- yeah, no, that's fine. Kyle <laughs> Tucker is going a few behind overall, according to all the different, you know, leagues that they that they do the mix of. So but even like wouldn't would you rather have him or Ozzy Albies? Oh, I'd rather have LeMahieu big time. Yeah. yeah. And, and once again, these all seem close. So at first I was like, oh, 26, that's kind of steep, but I, I think you can make a case for it. Well, considering that Yankees lineup is stacked, right? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the home runs aren't there, but he's gonna get the he's gonna get the runs because of all the guys behind him. And then even the back end of that lineup is good. So if he gets the you know comes around, he can get the RBI. Yeah. And then, yeah, and his batting average is top notch almost every year. So yep. yeah, you're right. I, I like getting the ratios more than getting the counting stats. Counting stats are easy. You just stream some guys and go yep. get some home runs. Yep. Go get some. You know, in pitching, go get some strikeouts later. So that that's fine. Um, all right. So that's what we've got for the Yankees. Moving on here to our reigning American League champs, Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, newcomers to the team. I wrote down Mike Zanino. And then he returns. Chris Archer. Nah. <laughs> I, I just wrote it down because he returned. It just was fun to write down. Uh, so the lineup, the, the lineup this year, uh, Austin Meadows, the leadoff, Brandon Lowe, then Randy Azarina, uh, G-Man Choi. Oh, Zarina, sorry, I can't read. I, I do I do know the name. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. G-Man Choi, Man, Manuel Margot. I do. Uh, Joey Wendell, Willie, Willie Adams, uh, Kevin Kier. That I did not know. <laughs> Kevin Kiermeister. Kevin you can't Kiermeister. read. Mike Zanino. And then the pitching staff, Tyler Glasnow, Chris Archer, Ryan Yarbrough, <laughs> Michael Yaka, Michael Waka, and then uh, Josh Fleming. I do like Michael Yaka better, to be honest. Sorry, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't like Waka him. Waka. Yeah, <laughs> might as well. Ah. All right, so question one, AJ, go for it, man. <laughs> or no, this is me, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, this sorry. time it, this one is you. Again, you, you still can't read. <laughs> Got thrown off because you did the first one. Anyway. Um, so, Austin Meadows, uh, yeah, terrible 2020. Um, after, you know, breaking out in 2019. I mean, again, this kind of goes back to that short sample size. Like, can we chalk it up to short sample size? Or is he a bounce back candidate this this year? I think I think that's easy for for me personally. He's bouncing back. I I don't really see a world in which a dude is is uh, you know going from a you know a two eighty six expected batting average to one eighty two. It's just it's a bridge too far for me. I'm going to take him at the discount that's coming if it is one, uh, and and be happy with what I get. The only thing that concerns me is the the playing time manipulation for the Rays. Obviously, roster resource hasn't been a platoon right now. I'm going to be surprised if that continues to happen. They have plenty of outfielders, but for me, I'm anticipating a bounce back. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with that. So, yeah, Meadows is interesting for me because I, you know, he's he's looking at a guy who's a leadoff. You mm. finally see the potential that he had uh, as this highly touted prospect come through, and then he shits the bed completely in a shit the bed year. Mm. So, 
I'm not buying into that that much either. I agree that the disparity is way too far off for his talent level and what he can produce potential-wise. So I like Meadows. I love him at his cost. So I, I will probably be owning him more and more this year. Um, so the next guy we got here, speaking of outfielders, let's see if I can also screw his name up. Uh, Rosarina came in the scene late last season. But he crushed it, you know, carrying the offense to the World Series. I mean, what do you think we can expect in his first full season? Um, I think right now his value is wholly being inflated with the playoff tax. Uh, this is a guy who hit like under, he had an under 200 Woba on breaking balls, had an under 200 Woba on off-speed pitches. And to me, that is as uh, arguably as big a f- red flag as you can get. Uh, maybe he was just sitting fastballs a lot in the playoffs and he got to good fastball counts and he just punished him. He was a great, great fastball hitter. But something tells me there are some holes in that swing that might be able to uh, be taken advantage of. And I think you can't really draft him. Right now, looking at NFPC ADP from January 1st to today, he's pick number 54. Um, yeah, that's he's that's high. insane to me. I would rather have Aaron Judge, even with the injury yeah. concerns. I would rather have Luke Voigt. I would rather have. I mean, I think I would even rather have Trent Grisham, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, that to me is a little too steep. Yeah, I'm pretty high on him so far in my rankings, but I've I've done my like default rankings, and they're they're just kind of all like stat and projection based. It's not a lot of like me throwing myself into him. Mm-hmm. So he he's high up there, but I I kind of feel you with that one. Like I, I I missed him when I went through my initial like sweep through to fix guys, because <laughs> uh, I I get you like you get tape on guys and you just kind of learn what they can't hit and you throw that at them and then they got to figure it out. And yep. he feels like that perfect guy that is going to struggle as soon as pitchers figure out. Oh, you can't hit this pitch. That's all I'm throwing you. Good luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. And, and then we see every it. other see pitcher is going to be like, oh, you did well against him. Now yeah. I can do the same thing. Yeah, exactly. So the last question here for the Rays is about Tyler Glass now. You know, elite in 2019, 1.78 ERA. Um, only to struggle a bit in 2020, 4.08 ERA. K rate was, you know, good in 2019, very good in 2019, but elite, like super elite last year, 4.14.3. So, I mean, it's it's hard to judge, like, what was really going on with him, you know, and the projections kind of have him at the high, the mid to high three ERAs and, you know, right around 12K per nine. I mean, do you agree with those projections or do you think one's going to be better or worse? You know, what what do you think? Yeah, I don't necessarily mind those projections. I mean, I I think it's finally going to be your, a year of reckoning for Tyler Glass now. We've seen him dominate in two small sample size seasons, but the argument for the most part against him has been he doesn't have a third pitch. He tried to develop a splitter in the offseason, and he ended up doing away with it in spring training, even before the season got suspended for COVID. Um, I really would like to see if that third pitch tries to come back. Um, I always feel like this is going to be the year that Tyler Glasnow regresses because of the fact that he just has two pitches. Arguably, that fastball-curveball combination is maybe the best one to punch in baseball, certainly top five. Um, I mean, he's survived for so long with it. But I take the fact that he doesn't have a third pitch, add the fact that he's going to have weird innings because of the Tampa Bay Rays, add the fact that he's never really thrown a full season because of injury or there hasn't been one, and I get a little bit concerned, so I don't really like to base my... Uh, starting rotation off of that. 
Uh, no doubt. I agree. AJ, anything? Yeah. No, I mean, I just, just looking at the last couple of years, again, it's another Pirates guy coming to Tampa who all of a sudden decides to succeed, um, but in not a lot of outings. So what are we going to get? If he pitches, you know, uh, whatever, like 90-ish or so innings, trying to find his innings here, wherever the hell it is. Uh, sorry, 60. Around 60, he's really good. <laughs> so <laughs> if, if Tampa Bay dodgers him mm. and, you know, puts him on uh, the IL every still month missing. for a week or two, uh, I think we could see this 60 to 80 range and, you know, maybe he'll end up uh, 10 and 4. So who knows? Mm. But yeah, I, I think uh, I I think the upside is there, but I just the only full season he's had has been crap. So I need to see more out of it and and where he's getting drafted because of the last two years. Um, I, I'm just not buying into it right now. All right, so I promised one more beer. Those at least uh, and. We're going other half. Oh, it is a New York brewery. Alex, you probably know this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this is their uh, triple citra daydream. It's an imperial mm-hmm. oat cream IPA. I don't usually go for the oat creams. I got talked into this oat one. Cream. It's wow. super good, man. Actually, like it. I give it a four and three quarters on untapped. I don't give those out lightly, man. Though this is so good. It's heavy enough, but also smooth enough where it's just it's it. I don't even like the creaminess of it as much, but like it just goes down to easy, man. It's good. Um, it's a lot of flavor. So yeah, now you know New York. We got uh, the Baltimore. I got the New York. I feel like mm. I had to do the, the double. The double. I love it. One. That's a, you got to send so, me that. That sounds delicious. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it could be from the New York red light district with all those descriptions <laughs> you gave. It. But uh, uh, we'll, no we'll move on to our next <laughs> team here. So uh, moving out of uh, America here, we're going to Toronto. Mm. And uh, even though they might not be playing in Canada this year. I'll be right back. I'm thirsty as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. AJ's leaving. He doesn't have his beer fridge next to him as he just moved, as you guys probably heard earlier. But uh, all right. New to the team. So George Springer, we'll come right back to that one. But Marcus Simeon is is one. Stephen Mass is a good one. And then Tyre Chatwood. They had really good additions this offseason, but most importantly, George Springer. That signing is amazing. Mm. Um, what kind of impact, you know, or what's his fantasy value going to Toronto coming from a Houston team that was just amazing for so long? Yeah, I mean, in terms of run RBI, I think he's still surrounded by enough talent. Obviously, I think Houston's good overall the better offense even now because I think while there is still plenty of upside in Toronto, we still need to see that upside expressed from guys like Vlad Guerrero and guys like, uh, you know, Kavan Biggio and see what they can do there, see if Randall Gritchick can keep it together. Um, I think Springer is overall a huge impact for them. He isn't going to a park that's necessarily better. Great American Ballpark, I think, is a very, 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 very home run friendly park. Um, but still, I, I still see him being, you know, I have no qualms in taking George Springer. I, I'm, I'm a George Springer fan. I think, you know, hidden, him hitting around 270, 280 with 30 home runs is entirely plausible. And I think that's exactly what you want to see. So as much as I hate that he's in the AL East because we have to see him more frequently, <laughs> I think yeah. he's going to be fine. 
Yeah, I hear you, man. I think he's going to be good. Uh, right now, though, roster resource has him going number one, Marcus Simeon, number two, Bo number three, Oscar Hernandez, number four, Vlad Guerrero at five, Kavan Biggio, six, and then Lourdes Guriel. I probably murdered that one. Rowdy Tellez, and then Danny Jansen to round out the lineup, and then Hinjin Ryu, Robbie Ray, Nate Pearson, Tanner Roark, and Steven Matz is the is the starting rotation there. So something. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> AJ, go for it, man. All right. Well, uh, I, I let you have this one on purpose. <laughs> yeah, I, since you, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to look at it in a second, but. Um, since we're cracking second beers, I'm I'm okay. sticking with the Baltimore theme here, hon. I'm going with the double Dundalk. <laughs> oh, uh, my hometown nice. for your a few hometown's years. Dundalk. No, oh, I was well, gonna say, oh my I, god, I, I, he lived there for a little bit for a period of time. Uh, I no longer have that house. Uh, that house I could fit <laughs> probably four of inside of the new house. Um, Come key brewing back. company, uh, <laughs> local, local to, uh, the area the key bridge is right by Dundalk. Dundalk's a good time. It, it gets a bad rap for a good reason, but it's, uh, it's a, it's a fun blue collar town. So all you Dundalkians, Dundalkites, whatever the hell you call yourselves other than heroin addicts, <laughs> cheers to you. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> No, seriously. Oh no! Go I, know, YouTube, I know, but you go YouTube Dundalk. No, no, it's okay. prostitutes it's or something. <laughs> there is a plethora of videos <laughs> that are sadly right up the street from where I used to live. I know. I across the uh, the, the, the county the line to good. the Baltimore City line. Anyway, <laughs> Vlad Guerrero Jr. Not a heroin I mean, addict. <laughs> What is the deal with Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Is that is that what you were doing? Is yes, were yes, I was. Yes. All right, thank you. Shout out Seinfeld. Uh, <laughs> he's supposed to come to the bigs and hit forty home runs every year. every season. Hmm. Instead, he has struggled. He's still only twenty-one. Can he figure it out? And uh, will it be this season? I I have the receipts. I maybe the, the most vitriol I've ever received on Twitter was when I said that the year Vlad was coming up, he was being overdrafted. Uh, I like 2019 people, like you said, they were expecting a minimum of 25 home runs. They were expecting him, you know, even the projection systems, they had him hitting like 310. It was insane. It just didn't make sense. I, I think it's time that we start to accept the fact that he's not going to be that guy. I am taking the under on 30 home runs. I'm taking the under on the 290 batting average. Um, and, and what's so funny too is like, that's fine. This dude can hit 25 home runs with a 280 batting average and be a very, very serviceable player. So what? He's not going to live up to his father's hall of fame reputation. Like that's insane to me. He's still going to be a very, very good player that, if people stop inflating his cost so much because they're convinced that this is finally going to be the year, he didn't even hit the ball hardest of anyone on the on the Blue Jays. Right. Listen, anyone, you know, I remember I was at that home run derby. It was insane. 
he peppered the crap out of that stadium with home runs left and right in Cleveland. But it's a lot harder to do it on a curveball than it is a right. batting practice fastball. So while I do like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I do think he's a good player. I just think we got to change what our expectations are for him. So Joe, your are you are you out of it for like just maybe this season, maybe the next two seasons? Or like, do you think there is any point where he can get like, get you know, figure this out? Because he is only 21. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I definitely. Th- I mean, listen. Yeah, I think um, uh, prospects, there is no linear progression for them. Right. We always think, oh, they're just going to keep getting better and better and better. He's going to get better. He's going to get worse. I do think that ceiling is still achievable. He did that stuff in the minors for a reason. Uh, I, I am more interested when we are not paying a cost that what we think is his ceiling that he's never expressed, right? This is still uh, a top 50 player by NFBC, you know what I mean? Or right around it. He's at 53 with Springer going ahead of it, a guy who has repeatedly done it. I still would theoretically take him over a Rosarina because of those um, you know, breaking ball splits, but I, I still am taking those guys a, a little bit later for me. Yeah. No, yeah, th- I mean, these are guys in that like 50 range tier where I'm like, oh, everybody wants those guys to be awesome. But like, I'm not sure they are. So it's like I'm looking at that ADP they, there and it's like, uh, I might just snag a pitcher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, guys we hope are good and Bo Bichette, you know, he came up, had a lot of hype, kind of like Vlad, not as much as Vlad, but, you know, he had a lot of hype. Um, he's had some good, good seasons, some good stretches of games, but like, can he turn out and break out to be the superstar that a lot of people think he's going to be, or does he need another season of, you know, marinating to, to figure this out? I, I, I don't know. I mean, like you look at his underlying numbers in a shortened season and they were, they were pretty damn good. I mean, he made the strides that you wanted to see him make. I, I personally, if it's between those two, I think I'm a little bit more interested, um, in Bichette, once again, yeah. 24th overall is really scary. I would still take him over at Alberto Mondesi because everyone's just paying for those steals. But I don't know. I think if we ignore the ADP, I, I, I think he's just going to – I think he's that – he's the future of that team. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. Who is your daddy and what did he do? <laughs> Joe, that question's for you. Shut up, AJ. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, last question, AJ. Go oh, ahead I don't know. It. He only hit 40 homers in uh, 612 plate appearances for the 1995 oh, Rockies. Yes. Way to Mr. call me out, Dante guys. Hey, be cool. You're welcome. It's be all cool. good. I've I've had plenty of moments like that. Don't you worry. <laughs> we were doing the planning show, and they were like, "You you know whose dad was?" And I was like, "No, not really." <laughs> so I didn't follow baseball like not you know until like late 90s, big time. Sure, I knew like. Not nearly as much, but okay. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> let's move into pitching. Yep. Outside of uh, Ryu, I, 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 who proved many doubters wrong last season, mind you? Mm-hmm. Can you trust that to provide alongside the offense? I mean, I, who who else aside from him can you trust? This offense is good mm-hmm. if it meets its potential with all of these, you know, juniors all over the team. 
you know, or but eh, the pitching's pretty weak here. So, you know, aside from the addition of Ray late last season and apparently Steven Matt's <coughs> health issues. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. I don't know. Is it a New York thing? Health? I don't know. What do, what do we think? What do, I think what do it's we terrible. I, I think it's a terrible rotation. I, I I think it's filled with a lot of question marks. I think Hyunjin Ryu, definitely, I, I thought he was going to be a little bit more regression last year. Obviously, he wasn't in the ballpark we thought he was going to be in, and he did better than before. Still, small sample size in terms of innings, right? We know he can do it. Uh, can he have a full, healthy season like he did in 2019? I still don't necessarily believe so. I think Nate Pearson has a lot of question marks. We don't know if we can see that sustained velocity over a cold, over a full starting pitcher workload. I think Robbie Ray was arguably, actually unarguably, the worst pitcher in baseball last year with the sample <laughs> yes, size that he had. He gave up a unprecedented amount of hard contact and tried to change his uh, arm circle, and it did not work well for him. Steven Matz has some upside, as they all theoretically do, but I think their chances of expressing uh, their upside is not as great as them expressing their floor. Um, I think until they can get a legitimate... No, I don't want to say that. Hyunjin Ryu can be a legitimate ace. Until they can get another legitimate pitcher that they can trust giving the ball to every fifth day, um, that's going to severely uh, hinder them. Yeah. We've all heard the rumors are going after Trevor Bauer, but well, you know if that happens. I could, that's a game changer there. Yes, um, it is. It is. But we might find use, out tonight. Don't use the word game changer. Really? Is, is there a lot of talk going on right now? Yeah, there's. I, I mean, he, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I won't even say his name because he keeps getting tweets wrong. He said that the deal <laughs> from Bauer to the Mets is official, uh, and that he was wrong. The deal was not official. Uh, it was, uh, it's, we're still waiting. His agent says it's between two teams and we'll find out in the next 24 hours. All right. How dare you say that about at F six P Joe. Come on. Go ahead. Give give me that attention. I love it. (laughs) Um, Dante burner. Uh, yes. Dante Bichette burner account. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love it. I mean, who is your daddy and what does he do? Uh, all right, so let's finish Not off that there's here. There's anything wrong with that? Some quick standings projections or prediction, predictions. Alex, go ahead first, man. Uh, I'm going to say Yankees, Rays, because you always feel like they're going to be fourth and then they win the division. Yeah. Uh, Yankees, Rays, Toronto, Boston, Baltimore. AJ? Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty in line with that. I might go Yankees, Toronto, Rays, Red Sox, Orioles. I'm I wrote mine down two days ago and it was spot on with Alex's, so I'm gonna just stick with it. All right. Maybe been, maybe you I've, could see Toronto and Boston switch, maybe. Maybe only if Chris Sale comes back earlier. Like sure. because the pitching staff could make a difference with, with Erod and, and and Chris Sale being healthy, like it couldn't make that much of a difference. But okay. that's the only thing. And if Verdugo changes his name and jersey number to yeah, exactly. Betts and <laughs> so, yeah. whatever Betts' his number, I was. do like Verdugo. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, no, no chance. I, I thought you know, it's that was such a terrible trade for the Red Sox. Anyway, all right, man, Alex, thank you for coming on, man. I had a blast talking to you. Uh, why don't you let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and and, and anything else you do? 
Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at AlexFast8. Just released my top 100 this week. Feel free to check it out on PitcherList and come talk to me on Twitter. Definitely down to talk about uh, pitching and why I ranked those guys the way that I did. Uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of different lists out there, and uh, I'm excited to see everyone's list. I know Eno's is coming out tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on Twitter. Happy to talk there. And thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, Absolutely. and he's always down to trash nice. or almost just like all of us are. So uh, go ahead and talk to him. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I will uh, hold, hold on before you go. I had I wanted to put this up tonight, but I did not get time. Oh, so I know let me let me grab this for this you is, because this is I worth think it. you this is totally you of all people should appreciate this. Oh, I'm very excited. excited. No, this uh, is uh, this, no, this is awesome. I'm very excited. Is, is this some Orioles apparel? Maybe yes. Uh, the Orioles, yeah, apparel. It's important because he had it already unpacked. And when... oh well, no, he got it like right. on the way down. Oh wow! Okay, I, cool. I literally just right. bought this. Let me see. So I came back. We did, he sent me a picture of it. Doing my final fantastic. walkthrough with the sellers, and for thirty-five dollars, I don't think I could find a better deal than. Oh wow! This right here. <laughs> you got to get away from the microphone a little bit. You know it's. Let me take my my phones off here. Just put it. Just put it closer to the and wall. Apparently, my glasses. <laughs> Jesus. I I literally not. just got rid of my T-shirt of that exact thing because I don't think we can wear it anymore because he is punching a dead man. So I don't know if we, <laughs> we can talk about it. It is still funny. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Uh, that was a uh, that was a hell of a game. That was really a hell of a game. Yeah, that was uh, when he sent me a picture of that. I was like, "You do know that you're hanging that up behind you, right?" And he goes, "Yes." <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, apparently, I knocked the uh, phone part off of my microphone or my headphones. So that's how excited I am about that picture for thirty five dollars. Oh, wow. I was just yeah, like, those, and then they texted me. They're like, "Are you still interested? I have other offers." And I'm like, "Oh God, yes, yes, please. I'm sorry. I'm I'm moving this weekend. I'm <laughs> I'm doing a walkthrough. I'm I'll be there in in 45 minutes. Please don't sell it to somebody else." <laughs> They're like, "Okay, well, it's still here." And I was like, "What do you want? Venmo? What cash? What do you want? I it, it's yours. I'll send it before I even get there. I don't care. Just keep the damn picture for me." But yeah, that thing is phenomenal and. Some shelves will move, and uh, that will hang. I have a just put uh, that on the wall next to you, right there, and it will show up. Right, yeah, right here. yeah, oh, right in the picture. Yes. It does show up yeah. right there. I, right. I still have to do some tweaking. So we you. may we may have a uh, a pre next show call to figure out where I'm I need to set the camera and all that. Because clearly, I'm not even looking at it during the show right now because I oh, don't yeah, have you're my regular like full wall. setup. Pretty good, but. Okay. Uh, Whatever. It's fine. Uh, All right, man. Well, Alex, I appreciate you coming on, man. We got to close this out. Um, Jeff, go ahead and cue the music. Dundalk Han. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Cool. We all good?